welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. Today's episode goes deep. It's very emotional. It really hit me, really hit my hit my heartstrings, um, as it will for you as well. Um, I interviewed Jake Woodard. He's a spiritual healer, speaker, and author. He discovered his healing gifts through his own pain and struggles early on in life. Through his darkness, he was able to find his light. He guides people through transformational experience by creating a safe environment which they can heal the root of their pain. He uses sacred healing techniques to help people align their mind, heart, and soul. He believes that with a quiet mind and open heart, all things are possible. Guys, please listen straight through this episode you won't regret it. Jake, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for, you know, all your listeners being tuned in as well. And I hope that they're going to get a ton of value out of today's episode. Yeah, I'm sure they will. You have so much value to offer, especially just on your Instagram. Um, And what's your Instagram handle? Is it just your name? It's underscore Jake Woodard. Yeah, just my name. Okay. Um, but yeah, just going on there, it's just like packed with value. It's like value, like right in your face. I'm like, oh my God, I could look at this page all day. <laughs> <laughs> I had to study it, but that's why I'm so excited for our conversation because we can break some stuff down and I'm, I'm really excited to learn from you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Cool. So let's start with, um, awakening. You talk a lot about like awakening and, um, what does that mean when you, when you use the term awakening? What does that mean to you? Hmm. So what I feel to be awakened and not from a place of judgment either, because I still have unconscious moments, right? And (laughs) that's why we come back into this life is because we're trying to remember more and more and more of what we are at a soul essence in order to get free. But to me, awakened means that you're aware, right? So when you're living a conscious lifestyle, When you're living in an awakened lifestyle, it means that you have developed your awareness through practices such as meditation, breath work, and different types of movement within your body to remember and feel into your heart, into your soul by using your intuition and really opening yourself up as like a channel or a vessel to allow the universal energy to flow through you. So you can begin seeing the signs and the synchronicities that the universe is trying to give to you. Mm. Is that pretty much like, is it self-awareness? Is that the main concept of it? You know, I think it's, everything starts with self-awareness. I would say that that's like the beginning of wake, of the awakening process is like you start like waking up. Like once a soul wakes up, it's like... It's like a bear coming out of like a den after been sleeping for thousands of years and it like wakes up and it's kind of mad. It's kind of upset. And as soon as the soul starts to wake up, the ego immediately wants to put the soul back to sleep because the ego loves to have control. And it's all about 
lower self, right? Where I would say the soul is the higher self, but the ego is like always needing to be right, always need to have control and immediately starts to put us back to sleep and try to make us unconscious again to go back to its structured, comfortable programming. Mm. Why is that? Why does the ego have so much power over the soul? Hmm. You know, it's interesting because I think, you know, a long time ago before the ego had been strongly developed, we lived in what was called the golden age where basically everyone vibrated in the frequency of love. And as we developed more of our intellect and our thinking mind, we also in parallel to that developed our ego. And not that the ego is good nor bad. It just is there. It's the separate self, right? Mm. And it creates everything as separation where the soul sees everything as one, everything in this universe as being one, but the ego looks at everything as different, right? As male, female, black, white, red, purple, like it sees everything as separate. It doesn't see everything as one source energy, which we all, I believe, originate from. Mm -hmm. So it's really what has happened and what happened to me in a lot of my experience is we get these veils put over, we'll say our eyes, but you know, the eye of truth, the intuitive eye, the third eye, basically we get this veils put over our eyes and we can't see the truth of our essence. And the veils of the ego are the need for power, the need for control, the need for validation, the need for approval, right? And then the ego loves to attach and cling to the past and to the future, right? Mm. So we have all these veils that keep us suffering, that keep us in pain and continue to perpetuate our pain throughout our life. And we don't get a chance to clear our karma. So we keep coming back into this life. Right. So that's why we have to keep coming back here into the third dimension, into the physical world. And, you know, and I understand that maybe some of this sounds a little deep for some people just getting into the awakening process, but just stay tight and I'll make, I'll make sense of all this. Cause when I first started hearing this stuff, I was like, well, this stuff sounds a little crazy, but it intrigued me because it felt like the truth. And if it feels like the truth and it resonates, then, you know, it's, it's important to remember because I am just a reflection of anyone listening. And I'm just a reflection of your own consciousness. And that's what it goes back to being one energy, one source energy is all one in this universe. There is no separateness. There is no duality, which the ego thinks there is. Mm. Oh, that's so cool. And like, even if you don't understand it, like just you asking these questions around awareness, like forces you to think, you know, about mm. yourself. Like, do I do that? Is that, is that me? Like, how big is my ego? You know, and I think that's something that a lot of men especially struggle with, even with the fact that they're aware they have a big ego. And it's like, I don't know how to not let my ego get a hold of me and take over. Mm. Well, the thing is, it's already got a hold of you, right? (laughs) And just when you think you got the ego (laughs) weakened, what the ego is so sly and so clever, it will sneak up behind you when you think you got in a chokehold down on the ground pinned. It will sneak up behind you and punch you in the back of the head and knock you down again. Like, I swear. And like, even when you develop spiritually, there's a thing called the spiritual ego, right? Where now you become conscious. So now you judge other people for not being conscious, right? And not living your lifestyle. That's really the biggest thing with the ego too. And maybe this will really resonate is the ego has what are called ego constructs, right? Where it has models of the world built 
your perception, your models of the world built. And when other people, other things, other experiences don't fit in those models, we get all defensive. We get all uptight because the need to be right. You know, we're always needing to be right. We need that validation coming from our wounded self. And why do you think that is? Why do you think we always need to be right? Well, once again, it's the, it's the validation that the ego is seeking. It's like, I need to feel right because it gives me a sense of power, right? And when I'm right, it means you're wrong, which means I'm better than you. And now I have power over you. So now I feel good. But listen, I did this my whole life, man. Like I, I, I lived like that my, most of my life. And it wasn't until I started to wake up where I realized, why would I need power over someone if they're just a reflection of me? I'm trying to gain power over my own self. Doesn't this seem conflicting? Mm -hmm. And you realize that you start seeing other people as souls, as a reflection of your own soul, right? So a brother or sister on this planet that you're existing with, you you know, you start to have a little more compassion, which is a higher vibration. You start to have a little more love. You start to open your heart back up. You let down the toughness, the, the guardedness, the machizo, macho, tough guy bullshit. And I was all of that. I was, I was 240 pounds jacked up, you know, had the big truck, all that stuff. And like, you know, got in fights and was the, the, the drunk idiot, been arrested for fighting, you know, and that all came from my father. That came from my dad being the barroom brawler. And like, he tried killing me multiple times growing up. And, you know, he slept with a shotgun behind his door and would threaten to shoot me with it. He had a baseball bat that he would swing at me, like all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, I, I went through the ringer of, of life early on. And I thought that's how life was. You know, I watched my parents fight every single night over money. I watched my sister freaking stick a needle in her arm, become addicted to heroin at 14 years old. You know, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of different angles of things that I saw. And it was like, I remember one of the most <laughs> awakening moments for boundaries that is, is when um, we were on a fishing trip and we were in Maine and we were on a fishing trip and I had got the line tangled in the reel and it had backlashed. And this was like a one inch rod. And my dad took the pole and he beat me with it so bad that I was bleeding all down my arm. And I remember just like laying on the bank of the riverbank, just crying hysterically. And my mom came over to him and she's like, that's it. Like, we're done. Like, we are no longer going to be in a relationship together. I'm divorcing you right now. And I, I'll never forget that moment. Like it really was like, wow, like that's a strong person right there. Like that took a lot of courage for her to finally leave someone that had such control over her and had so much fear from him because he was really intimidating and he always scary. He was, he was a nut job at the time, as, as I would say, but you know, and, and maybe the people listening are wondering, well, what's your relationship with him like now? Well, after the last five, to six years of doing inner work and spiritual healing and practice and forgiveness and setting boundaries, we have a good relationship now. So it's possible. Wow. So was that awakening process in that moment? Was that through seeing your mom's reaction? Like, is that what helped awaken you? You know, I just, I saw her, her nurturing, loving compassion, the really the feminine side of her come out and she was just, it was so amazing to see something so strong. And, you know, that was one of many awakening moments, believe me, I've had a lot of them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so strong and beautiful to witness that. And I just, I felt grateful to have someone that loved me unconditionally. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, I'm blessed for that because that was a really 
eye-opening moment for me, you know? Yeah. Well, you can imagine. Yeah. I so mean, what was, I had a question. I just got so like sucked into that story. Um, wow. Thank you for sharing uh, and being so vulnerable around that. Would you say, welcome. would you say that these, um, like, how did, or how did your life change? That's my question. How did your life change? Like after that instance, like what, like after, after you had these multiple awakenings, like does something change in you like physically or spiritually, or, you know, how do you know that you've had an awakening and like, what do you do after that awakening? What happens? You know, so I think that there's a long period for me that was like where the seeds had been planted early on in my childhood of like what I was going to do. Um, kind of had like my life's path already designed because the really the biggest moment for me when I was 14 years old, I had gotten into a fight with my sister, Jocelyn, who was four years older than me. And we were in the kitchen fighting and screaming and yelling. And Jocelyn was high on crack cocaine. And like, I remember looking into her eyes and all I saw was black. And I was honestly scared for my life. And Jocelyn's like, I'm, I'm going to kill you. Like, this is it. Like, I'm going to kill you. And like, I, I knew she was for real. And she took out a butcher's knife, a 12 inch butcher's knife. And she started running at me with it. And I mm -hmm. ran to my bedroom and I locked the door and I laid on the ground and I'm screaming, I'm crying and I'm wailing. And I'm like, just like praying for something. Like, I didn't even know what I was praying for. Cause like, I, I wasn't religious. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just saying, why God me? Why God me? And I can remember in that moment, like I was so mad. I was so angry. And I was crying so hard. And like my throat was closing down. My chest was closing down. And I just felt so much rage and violence. And I looked up and in the corner of my room, I had this 20 gauge single barrel shotgun that my parents had got me for Christmas as a gift. And I had kept it there for protection against drug dealers that would show up at the house in the middle of the night. And I could remember, it was just like, it was just like, I'm reliving the moment, even talking about it. I was, I was laying on the floor and I thought about taking that shotgun and turning it against me and pulling the trigger. And, you know, mm -hmm. I heard this voice it come in to my left ear and I, I felt like this like vibrational energy, like this like buzzing at the top of my head, which all I saw was like this white light. But the voice basically said that you have a purpose here and you have a mission in life and you're not ready to leave yet. So I was like, okay, well, I don't know what any of this means, but um, I either. Saying What's that? That What's message that? Dear to you like did you actually like hear those words like i think it's oh, crazy yeah. i heard this voice i'm like is it an actual voice like what is that like <laughs> honestly <laughs> it's just like the warmest most most gentle loving person you've ever met speaking through you in that moment i don't know it's wow. it's something that human can't describe i guess because to me it was a moment of coming in contact with god energy source energy to me, that was the divine speaking through me. And just imagine like the sweetest, softest voice you've ever heard and speaking through you, not even to you, but through you, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. It's like a vibration that chill, like sends chills down my spine, even talking about it. You know, maybe some of your listeners have had that experience before. If they went through something really traumatic that really awoken them 
you know, they allowed them to see the truth, to see the light. And that's really what I believe, you know, seeing the light even means because we're sometimes we're in the deepest, darkest points in our life. And we hear that message and we're like, whoa, like, what is this? There's something so much greater than just I, the ego, you know, in this world. And there's other beings here. Like, what is my real purpose? Wow. And is that what awakening, like, do you, why do you, like, is there an association between people who have a really hard time finding their purpose in life and their ego? Hmm. You know, it's interesting because I think we can actually use the ego somewhat to find a purpose because like the ego wants to like, <laughs> we can almost like trick the ego into helping us at times, which is cool because we can actually have it used in our favor. Um, mm. But yeah, I believe that we can find purpose through wanting to serve other people. And in a sense, like, yeah, at, at a level it's validating us, but it's also really actually truly, if you're doing it right, helping other people at a deep, meaningful, spiritual level you know so i think that the ego can play a small role in it but it should never be fueled by ego i think it should be fueled by love and i think it should be fueled by soul and when you have love and soul and every single thing you do in life all will prevail yeah wait can you go back to using the ego for good what's an example of that <laughs> well the ego has its basic its basic functions you know it, it's looking for survival right it's looking to be safe it's looking to be protected you know so it has these certain mechanisms that are very i would say just very instinctual right but so you know it does serve a purpose to a certain degree but the problem with the ego is when it gets too much control over us and it's running our life on like this kind of like because it works well with patterns it works well with habits right? So we can either develop really good habits, but oftentimes we develop the habit that's the quickest and the easiest. And that's why you see a lot of people get addicted to drugs because it feels good instantly. Mine was sugar. And I was 80 pounds, 90 pounds heavier than I am right now. I was really mm -hmm. addicted to sugar. You know, sex is a big one. I was addicted to pornography starting at 11 years old. You know, I would watch porn three to five to six times a day, heavily mm -hmm. addicted to pornography. That was a, That was actually probably my biggest struggle in life was was the pornography and, you know, overcoming like my addiction to sex energy, honestly. Wow. Can we go into that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I've been porn free for about three years now. <laughs> so I would say that yeah, I've recovered from that aspect of myself. There are so many angles to take this down. And I feel like men could really benefit from this because the male sex energy is so freaking strong. And I don't think and I've talked to a lot of women about this because I've had a lot of female clients. I don't feel that many women understand the power of the sex energy that men have and how consuming it can really be. And, you know, what I've learned through my studies and my own practices that like we have to bring the energy up, right? Because if you look at the chakra system, if you're not familiar with the chakra system, it's pretty simple. Basically seven energy systems within your body, starting at the root chakra for men, which is the genitals. So if a man gets horny, he'll feel a sense of a sensation within his genitals, which is the lowest chakra, by the way, the lowest energy is at the root. Okay. Now you move up through the chakra system, you move into the shape, the sacral, which is the second chakra, the third chakra, which is the solar plexus which is felt like right below your chest bone. 
sometimes you'll get feelings of like when someone's like trying to take your power or gain control over you, you start to feel this weird anxiety sense like in your solar plexus. You move up into the fourth chakra. Now we're getting into the, the cosmic chakras, we'll call them. Because the one, one through three are kind of worldly stuff, right? You got the sex mm-hmm. energy, you got the root, which is safety, security, survival. And then you got the, the control chakra, the power chakra, which is the third chakra. So it's kind of one through three. And then you move into the fourth, which is the heart chakra. Number five is the throat chakra, speaking your truth. Number six is the third eye, which is the eye of wisdom, the intuitive eye. And number seven is the crown chakra, which is where we actually can feel enlightenment through because it comes through us. And that's why back in the old days, if you want to call them the old days, that's why kings wore crowns, kings and queens, actually. They wore the crowns on their head because they were channeling the energy from the divine. Mm. Oh, cool. Mm. Wow. Well- so when it comes to, so what would you say if a guy, cause I, I do have a lot of guys who do struggle with pornography and if I hear this, you know, I have men come to me a lot, like, how do I, how do I quit? How do I stop? And mm-hmm. if you could give, like, if you could say one thing to those guys, what would it be based on your experience? Right. Well, I would say, first of all, give up porn because porn is totally destroying your psyche and it really is creating this dependency to feel good because, you know, when you orgasm, when you ejaculate, and this is for women too, when you orgasm, when you ejaculate, you, you release feel good hormones, dopamine, whatever you release. And it creates kind of this, this bond, this feeling to that, that emotion or that feeling, right? It's kind of the same thing when you eat a bowl of ice cream. You sit down, you eat a bowl of ice cream, it tastes really good. But then five minutes later, you don't still feel that, or maybe you do, but like it's, it's fleets, it leaves, it's fleeting, right? So ejaculation is the same thing. And, you know, so giving up pornography is a huge first step. The next thing is to, after you've done that, which is, I'm going to tell you is not easy from my personal experience, but maybe again, I don't want to project that on people. Maybe it'll be really easy for you to, for you to give it up. And I would, I would openly invite that to you. And why? Because number one is the dependency. You're creating a, a feeling of, I need this high. And here's what I did too. And I know a lot of men do this. I used ejaculation, masturbation as a way to release tension in my body. And I would allow myself just to like get really stressed or anxious or fearful and just like masturbate and have it feel good again. I would be fine. It's like a reset. It's like, but that's not a healthy reset, okay? Because you're depleting your life force on purpose, or like look for stress in order to have that release. What was your question? Would you look for stress in order to get that release? Because you knew you would masturbate. No, I feel honestly that I just lived in a stressful environment. You know, I really grew up in a toxic household, and I needed something. It was sugar like I said at first, but then it became the masturbation. And I really felt like I needed something to fill this void and make me feel good in the moment. And then it led to alcohol, which alcohol, was, you know, I blacked out hundreds of times. And so I struggled with all these things I feel because so I could help people. <laughs> I'm like, why do I keep creating all this pain in my life? Oh, okay. Cause, cause I'm in earth school here. And I'm in the, I'm in, in going through grade one through 12 right now. <laughs> Welcome. Earth school. Yeah, it's beautiful. So how did you stop? Like when you said you stopped 
it took you a while to stop the pornography. Did you have like a strategy or a certain thing that you did to (laughs) stop? Or was it just like cold turkey, can't look at it? Oh, I think it's like anything in life. It has to be done in transition. You know, Uh, there's not like a, a manual on how to stop watching pornography. I mean, there's so many different ways that I could tell you, but it really, it just has to be done subtle changes over, t- over a period of time, like breaking any habit. It's like, how do you lose weight? Well, do you lose it all at once or do you go to the gym, eat healthy consistently? You know, it's the same thing. You're just trying to break an old pattern, an old habit, an old energetic pattern that you have developed. What did you replace it with? You know, I actually didn't really replace it with anything. Honestly, I was just, I'm going to remove this from my life. I don't necessarily need to replace it with something. I felt like, you know, I was just, I was able to remove it. It's like, you know, you quit smoking cigarettes. It's like, do you need to replace with something? Well, I mean, if you feel called to, but I didn't feel called to replace it with anything. I just, I felt like doing my meditation and breathing exercises and working towards bringing the energy up was a great way to transmutate sexual energy. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's so powerful to work with this stuff. And you, you get super energized too. Like when you really start bringing the energy up from the lower chakra, from the genitals and moving it up through your higher chakra systems. How do you move that energy up? What does it take? You know, there's a lot of different ways you can do it, but I would say one of the best ways that I've discovered is breathing, breathing from your root up through your chakra systems and down back around over top of your head and down through again. It's kind of like if you were like watch like an elevator going up and you would kind of like stop at each chakra and just kind of like, you know, envision it there, holding it, envision it there, breathing into it, going to the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, bringing it up and then releasing it back down and just practicing, just following this breath, you know, for 10 to 20 minutes. Mm. With the aware, like it brings more awareness to each chakra, having the breath. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I do a lot of guided meditations, a lot of energy healing and stuff like that with my clients. And uh, what I've realized is that with more awareness, obviously, is the key to everything because you don't know what you don't know. But with more awareness, we can begin to actually rewire and change our lives. And, you know, really, we're, we're letting go of the pain, of the hurt, of the trauma, of the past wounds that cause us to need these things in the first place, you know, to have these dependency on partners, on uh, substances, you know, of things like making us feel good, like whatever, whatever, whether it's being addicted to money, I know that's a big one for a lot of men, you know, or addicted to sex, pornography. So the things that caused us to feel these desires and have these desire systems in the first place you know, a lot of it comes from wounding, from from childhood trauma. I do a lot of work with inner child, you know, working through the inner child pain that you've abandoned, neglected, you know, done whatever and just have it happen in your, in your childhood. You know, a lot of mine was control, um, resentment towards my dad. And there was a lot of fear and trauma and pain, abandonment, neglect. I mean... We've all dealt with it. At some level, you felt pain in this life. That's why you came back here, because to remember. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. When you say inner child, I think it's, I think that's such an interesting uh, concept, the inner child. But like, how do you know, how would the guys know like what their inner child is feeling or what it needs? Mm. Love, support, 
trust that you never got from your father or your mother, or maybe even both. You know, so I, I had an inner child healing meditation on my podcast and you know, I really help people go into that and really, you know, connect with their inner child. And, you know, really, if you were, if you're doing a meditation, if you were trying to connect with your inner child, basically look something like sitting down in a safe place, just kind of feeling into your body, getting comfortable, releasing the tension in your body, bringing your awareness into your breath and just going in and connecting with that little boy or little girl that never got your love, support, validation, you know, because we crave those things from our parents when we're children, right? We crave those things. We, we're so hungry for our parents' love and approval and validation, but oftentimes we get raised in a household where our parents weren't fully conscious, so they give us the best that they could, right? They only gave us what they could. Yeah. I know there's so much pain. There's so much, um, especially sexual shame. I get a lot from guys mm. they've experienced while they were younger. Um, that's well, yeah. I mean, even look at how they label the genitals, private parts. <laughs> it's yeah. like, that's private. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to talk about that. Yeah. You know, like I, I can remember like, even when I started talking about things like masturbation and porn addiction and stuff like that, you know, you could see like how people were just like, wow, that's so vulnerable. You know, I guess to me, like, yeah, at first it was uncomfortable, but like, I was like, no, this message needs to be shared. I mean, cause what are the, what are the two main things that people are afraid to talk about sex and money? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. like, those are the two things I'm like, I'm not afraid to talk about anything. We'll talk about this all day long. <laughs> Yeah, right. It's so taboo and people steer away from it, but it's the things we want to be talking most about, I guess, because no one talks about it. So we crave it, right? Yeah. You just think about it 24 seven. You just don't talk about it. You just think about it 24 seven. It's like, well, maybe if you talked about it, you wouldn't need to think about it because you would understand that you actually don't need any of it because you're whole and complete as you already are. (laughs) Uh, That's crazy. We feel like we need these external things to to validate us as a person. Well, the whole system's set up to craft you and mold you into thinking that you need more and more and more. I mean, marketers pay billions of dollars, trillions of dollars a year to get your attention for 30 seconds to sell you a product that you most of the time don't need, right? Mm-hmm. They're grabbing your attention you know, whether they're do and they do it, they're good with psychology too. They understand how the mind works and how the ego works. Believe me. But that's the thing is when you wake up, you start seeing these tricks that people play on you, right? These kind of like subliminal messages. Like for example, if you watch a movie and they're constantly plugging like Coca-Cola or Reese's Pieces, or they're constantly plugging these things in the shows by having the actors drinking them, making you think that you need that like subliminally. So it's like, it's constantly, we're constantly being programmed and bombarded with these messages, these very subtle messages too, that we need this, right? And they use sex energy a lot, sex energy a lot to manipulate people into buying things. And it's crazy what they do, certain colors. They know, they, they know that red is the root chakra. So red is a very sexual color. And I'm telling you, like, Marketers know these things. So this is why the more aware you are, the more conscious you are, 
the easier it is to get your feet unstuck from this place of suffering. <laughs> I could go on all day about this stuff. I love these topics. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. So like, is there any way to get out of that manipulation or do you think we'll just always be manipulated regardless of how aware we are? Well, I'm not manipulated by anything. <laughs> You know, so uh, yes, there's, of course, there's a way out. If you found a way in, there's got to be a way out, right? Hmm. So of course, there's a way out. The, and the way out is is actually in. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> get out, you have to go in. And what do I mean by that? You have to sit down and get quiet and meditate. Yes, be still. What is your, um, what's your favorite type of meditation? The one that works. <laughs> is it like workout? Is it like whatever works for you? Do it. Is it that type of thing? You know, I get asked this question a lot, but honestly, my goal, if there was a goal, which the, the practice of meditation is is not is the letting go of all the attachments, to outcomes, and thinking that you need improvement and everything else. But with me, meditation is a form of all day practice where you're like right now I'm in a state of meditation. Like I'm here, I'm present with you. I'm in this conversation, you know, I'm, I'm talking, I'm in a form of meditation because I'm calm, I'm grounded, I'm present. And to me, that's a form of meditation. And yes, of course, there's the meditation where you sit down, close your eyes in a dark room, maybe sit in front of a candle in a lotus position, but you don't need to do those things in order to meditate. You can lie down in your bed and for 30 minutes with binaural beats in or some soft meditation music and just practice following your breath and breathe for 30 minutes. I mean, that's a great thing to do. And you could, you could sit up, you can lay down. I mean, people, some people will say, well, you have to sit up to keep your spine erect to keep the energy flowing. Sure. You know, but you can keep your spine straight by laying down too, just as long as you stay awake. <laughs> yeah, don't fall asleep. When people do it right when they wake up, that's probably the mistake. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, I think meditation is the one that you're going to do. Start start small. Start with five to ten minutes. And you don't need to become, you know, a guru in India levitating over the over a pond or something, you know. You're just doing mm -hmm. it to create stillness, what to create that? peace within. Because the more you meditate and the quieter you get inside and the quieter you your mind becomes, yes, the quieter your mind becomes and the more available you become to your own heart, you create what I call space inside of you. So when you create space within, you now have more room to not be so uptight, to not be so reactive, right? So when someone triggers you or is rude to you or cuts you off in traffic, like you're not flipping out and losing your cool and getting angry and or saying things to your girlfriend or boyfriend that you didn't mean because you have more space now because you're more available. So you can process things a lot better the more quiet you become inside. Mm. Room for it. Oh, I like that. Let's talk about um let's talk about energies. This is a topic I really wanted to discuss with you is the masculine and feminine energies. Um, cause you know, I often say to my guys, like, well, you have part of you that's feminine, you know, as well, like you're, you have feminine energy to you just as well as masculine energy. And 
What can you say to men when it comes to the importance of harnessing more of their feminine energy? Hmm. Well, first you have to understand what masculine and feminine energy is. You know, before you can harness something, you have to be able to understand it. And I think that you start by understanding through obviously study, through practice, through embodiment of what these energies are. So a quick little rundown, you know, I actually literally just posted about this on my Instagram, the masculine yeah. energy versus the feminine energy. But in, in short, the masculine energy is structure. It is protection. It is leading. It is the decision. It is clarity. So these are things that are masculine energies. So we live in a society that is very masculine because the whole system is set up for personal freedom, personal success, personal financial freedom, right? Or building, succeeding, achieving. Like our whole system is designed around masculine energy. So most men, I won't say all because not all, about 80% of men carry a mask, more of a masculine energy, but they carry both energies, remember. They have more of a masculine sexual core essence, right? So the building, achieving, accomplishment. That's why like men work good with task. They work good with challenge. So a good way, instead of praising a man, if you want him to get him to do something, a masculine man, you challenge him instead of praise him. But with a woman who's feminine, you praise her and she lights up. Like her whole world lights up. Why? Because she's feeling love. So moving over to the feminine side, as I was just saying, by the way, masculine is giving too. Like it's erecting. Like if you look at all like a, like a skyscraper, like all these buildings being, being elevated and built, that's masculine energy erecting out of the earth. And you even look at a penis and a vagina. A penis is external. A vagina is in, internal. So moving over, which is giving and receiving, moving over to the feminine side of things, feminine is receiving. Feminine is love, nurturing, nourishment caring, compassion. It is all of these things that make our world honestly beautiful because it is radiance. It is, it is a vibrant, beautiful essence. It is the woman's hair blowing in the wind, right? The feminine is the moon. The feminine is the ocean. The feminine is mother earth. Mother earth is the feminine energy, right? Feminine energy is creation. Feminine energy is expression. Okay. Feminine energy is emotion, energy in motion. Anything moving is feminine energy. Anything standing still, like present consciousness, stillness is the masculine energy, right? So if I made me smile, so like I'm just, I just realized I have this huge grin on my face with your description. I'm like, that's so beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm glad it resonates so deeply. I really do. Okay, go on. I'm sorry. Do you have any questions about it at this point? Because I feel like, do you, do you have something you want to stop me there and ask me something? Because I feel like I just threw so much out. <laughs> I'm just like driving down the road, like in the back of a pickup truck, just shoveling out dirt right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know, that was, stupid. I that used to do it when I, <laughs> what's that? Right. Um, I think at this point, I just want to ask, um, <clears throat> so when it comes to, when it comes to, well, no, I think you're getting to it. So I don't want to interrupt you yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll get to it. I know what you're going to ask, <laughs> I think. <laughs> so yeah, I get excited about this stuff because when I started learning this years ago, I was like, man, this all makes so much sense. I'm like flipping out. But yeah, so feminine, for the men listening, women work through praise. And let me give you an example. When you say like, all right, so in order to lead the feminine energy, which the feminine is wanting to be led by the masculine energy, 
because the the masculine is a structure, remember. Now, when the feminine is disoriented, maybe she's hard on herself and she's wanting to lose 20 pounds or whatever. Now, a man would go to another man. He'd go, man, you're looking fat. You need to get in the gym. And he'd be challenged by that. Now, he might get offended too. I wouldn't recommend that. But he'd be challenged and he'd be in the gym the next day. Now, you say that to a woman who's in her feminine, you'll crush her. You will absolutely crush her, right? Now, here's, here's, here's what you can do to help her. And with, with love, too, you can't do this being like, oh, I learned one of Jake's you know, ways to help the feminine. I'm going to try this out. Yeah. No, you got to really do this and mean this and embody it, too. What you do is maybe she's wearing yoga pants and you grab her by her hands and you look in her eyes and say, baby, you look so amazing in those yoga pants. And that's all you got to say. And she's like, really? Like, I do? Like, and that's all you got to say. The next thing you know, she's in the gym. She's, you know, working out hard. Like she's, it's, that's how, like, you see what I'm saying? So like, (laughs) what's that? I said those types of compliments from, from guys I'm attracted to definitely motivate me to like, to really do my best in the gym. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I wouldn't say go up and approach random women and do that because it might not work so well, but I would probably only do that with your partner or someone you're intimate with. Yeah. Micah just slapped. (laughs) What? Micah just slapped if you start doing that to random women. I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise that. Yeah, definitely not. Um, so when a guy, say a guy, um, handles it in the more feminine way, does that mean he's more in his feminine energy? Okay. Yeah. So this was actually your original question that we had, we had got so far around, um, my (laughs) long winded answers here. I'm trying, I'm just trying to, I always try to add as much value as possible, you know? So if you feel like I threw a lot at you, just, you know, now you just got to listen to the episode a couple of times, you know, really digest it. (laughs) Um, so, all right. So you said the original question was about, you know, how does a man connect more with this feminine energy? I think the first and fastest way is getting vulnerable right? Being vulnerable because vulnerable is a state of emotion, which once again, energy in motion is emotion, which is a feminine energy. Okay. So here's the problem with men that I've noticed and the clients I've had and just my observations is that they fear their heart. And I did this for a long time. They are afraid of their heart. So they hide out in their logical mind, Mm. right? Building, achieving, succeeding. They're always strategizing, coming up with the newest, greatest thing that they're going to Develop to get them more free, <laughs> right? That's they're so in their masculine that they've lost touch with the feminine essence. Now, here's something interesting for the men, my brothers, is the feminine energy is not just a woman, okay? It is music, it is beer flowing, okay? So the things that you're really attracted to, nature, the ocean, is feminine energy. So you don't like necessarily have to go connect with a woman in order to connect with, with the feminine energy. Well, first you connect with your own feminine energy and then you can realize that there's so much flow, which is feminine in everything in life, right? So the wind blowing is a form of feminine energy. All you have to do is just start appreciating all of the feminine energy already around you and within you. So the first step is vulnerability and connecting to your emotions, allowing yourself to feel your heart. So the feminine is love, which is connected to the heart, right? The second step is appreciating all of the feminine energy that exists around you and within you. Hmm. 
And that's it. That's, that's the whole shebang. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. <laughs> be like, uh, I want more. <laughs> what? what about so, women? What about them? What about women for connecting with the masculine? Is it the same thing? Just noticing. So you're saying for a woman that wants to connect with her masculine? Yeah. That's your question is? Yeah. Well, here's the thing with that. So a lot of women are actually too connected to their masculine energy because they've had to be in their masculine energy. Me personally, I don't want to connect to my masculine. I'm like way too much of my masculine. Even me just thinking about this, I'm realizing I'm way too connected in my masculine. Yeah. So that's the thing is because we live in such a masculine society right now, a lot of women have been conditioned to believe that they need to be masculine, right? That's what they feel, but they're like, I feel so rigid and uptight all the time because I'm constantly building, achieving, succeeding, making the decisions, being everything for everyone, being the structure, being the protection. Like, so the the women that are feeling like drained because they're constantly in their masculine actually probably have a feminine core, right? So everything that I just said about feminine energy relate to that and connect with that, you know? So movement, dancing in 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 a sensual, sexual way can connect you to that feminine energy. Getting into your body is a very form of, very beautiful form of feminine energy. Talking with your girls, shopping, doing whatever, doing feminine things again, doing girly things, getting yourself back in your feminine heart. Women have lost touch to that. Well, I wouldn't say all, but you know, a large amount, especially pretty much every female client I've almost ever worked with, you know, had... Here's where it comes from though, is they lost trust with the the masculine energy growing up and they didn't have the love and the support, support, the masculine from the support. And so they, over at a young age, they had the seed planted that I need to create my own masculine energy and animate a lot of it, right? So because of the wounds, we'll say I had with my mother or father because of the distorted masculine energy, I started not trusting the masculine energy where... Basically, I started animating so much masculine energy. I created this shell, like this shield, this energetic shield around my feminine heart. So I don't feel safe in my feminine. So I can't express, which is feminine energy, my feminine energy because I don't feel safe. So I'm going to keep this masculine shield tight to me until I can feel safe. Hmm. When did you start feeling safe? When did I? Yeah. When I gave myself permission, when I gave myself permission to feel safe and realize that like everything was working out perfect for perfectly for me and I no longer needed to keep protecting myself and armoring myself and fearing being vulnerable. Like that's the thing is when you allow yourself to just realize that everything you need is all within and you're totally equipped with everything you need, like you don't need to keep holding on to the past wounds because you have attachment to it. You're allowed to really reparent yourself and learn to be your own mother, father energy and forgive those who have hurt you. Mm. Forgiveness is a big one. Absolutely. It really is. That what do you really- think it? What, Jake? Well, that was really one thing that, you know, led me to my healing with my dad was forgiveness. You know, I, I, I remember it took me so much to forgive him. It really did. 
it took me so much to forgive my dad. And I didn't know how to do it, you know, because I was, I was so angry at him for so long. I just, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> like, I was like, I hate him so much. How could I forgive him? Mm. Was forgiveness part, is forgiveness a, an, an energy? Is that a feminine energy or? Yeah, I would say absolutely. Cause yeah, compassion, forgiveness. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it really comes down to, well, yeah, when I started crying and getting into my heart, which is all feminine, releasing that, you know, six years ago, I remember I sat down on a couch and I just started crying, closed my eyes and was like, I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I just kept saying those words. And I like envisioned my dad's face, like right there in front of me. And mm. I felt like as I was doing it, like these weights were being like peeled off my back. It was hard. It was really hard. And it continued for years. It took a lot of patience, a lot of boundaries, a lot of releasing the anger. You know, one of the biggest releases that I felt was when I moved back from, I moved back to New York from California and I had to stay with my dad for a period of time while I was, you know, looking for a new apartment. And that was really hard because I was with him for like eight weeks and it was the first time I lived with him like five years. So all of his old patterns and everything came back up and my wounds were just flaring. And I can remember after being there for about six weeks, I had this dream and this dream was so powerful that I can remember like it was like I was like living in it. And in the dream, I was at a hospital and I had gotten like a call from a woman in the hospital. And she's like, listen, like your dad's been in a bad car accident and he's not going to make it. So I was like, just floored. And I can remember sitting with these two women that were like shaman healers and they were just like helping me heal and move past this and grieve through it. And they were holding so much loving space. And I woke up at two 30 in the morning and I just had this poem that I wrote just like flow through me. And like, I've never been like a very like, you know, well-written person, so to speak. I didn't read a book till I was like 23 years old, you know? So I had to teach myself how to read at a very young age, but I just had this poem like divinely flow through me and I can share it with your listeners if you'd like. Yeah, please. I said, I forgive you for sleeping with a shotgun behind your door. I forgive you for always making me feel like you wanted more. I forgive you for wishing that I was dead. I forgive you for throwing a hammer at my head. I forgive you for beating me with a fishing pole until I bled. I forgive you for making me feel like I wasn't enough and always being so tough. I know you grew up rough. I forgive myself for closing my heart, shielded from the very start. I forgive myself for being so angry towards you. I appreciate all that you continue to do. I forgive myself for holding on to this pain for so long. It's like playing the same old sad song. I now give myself permission to release these cold steel hooks from my heart. It's time for a fresh start. You see, when we forgive, we create a better place to live. When people hurt you, it's because they hurt too. And they need our love to rise above. I love you, dad, because I learned how to love and forgive myself. Thank you for one of the greatest lessons of all, forgiveness. Wow. I don't, I've never cried on a podcast before, but that was beautiful. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you.
that like resonated something in me um, of forgiveness that I have to share with someone. And that just hit me really hard. Just like thinking about your story after hearing your story and listening to that. So, so thank you. Who do you need to forgive? I don't want to say it on here. You're safe. I'm afraid to say it on here. But it's someone very, very close to my heart. Yeah. Can't say it. (laughs) But thank you. You're welcome. The healing has been activated within everyone on this planet. And now it's just going to take time to unfold and let go of the pain and the layers of, of resentment and abandonment, and neglect, all of that stuff. Yeah. It's so powerful. We don't talk about that enough either. Like, I feel like I don't hear anything about forgiveness and how important it is to just be as vulnerable as you were in that poem, you know, and just speak like that to people when we feel it, when we have to get that message across. <sighs> Crazy. Jake, if you could leave the guys with one thing, if like, if all they do is come on and listen to this, this one, if they hear you say this one thing, what would it be? What's the... What do they need to hear right now? That the chase for more will always leave you feeling less. You don't need to chase anything in life because you are already infinite. You are totally abundant. And when you realize this and anchor yourself into this belief that I am abundant, what am I chasing? It comes back to this thing that came through me one time. And it said, when I chase the world, it runs. When I am, it comes. When you allow yourself to be all that you are in this present moment, you realize that you're divinely perfect. And you have everything you already need all within you. It's all within. That would be my message for them. Thanks, Jake. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being on. I just want to acknowledge you for your for your presence and um just for your energy, your calming, trusting presence and energy. I feel it even through my laptop. So <laughs> thank you for being here. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Honestly, what you're doing is beautiful work. And I think it's unique too, to see a woman coaching men. I think that's beautiful. And to step up and own that space, the way that you're doing and unapologetically too, you know, in an authentic fashion, you know, and for everyone listening to just realize that everything in life is a process and transformation comes over a period of subtle changes, you know, done internally. It's not the external things that are going to change you internally. 
So just be patient with yourself, be loving towards yourself and be gentle with yourself along your healing journey. Yeah. Jake, where can the guys find you for more of this amazing information? (laughs) I am most active on my podcast, The Awake with Jake Show. And that's available all places, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, you name it. It's it's on there. It's called The Awake with Jake Show. And then my other thing I'm very active on is Instagram. So it's underscore Jake, J-A-K-E, Woodard, W-O-O-D-A-R-D. And, you know, I have a website, jakewitter.com. That was pretty much, you know, where I do my, do my work, do my thing at, and just be a vessel of, of love and light for my, for my fellow brothers and sisters here on the planet and in the universe, you know, to be of service to the universe as well. So I'm just using all these platforms as, as a way to, to spread this consciousness. And I appreciate the listeners for being vulnerable enough to say, Hey, I need some help right now. Maybe I could listen to a podcast that might help me. You know, podcasting was one of the first things I ever discovered many moons ago where I discovered podcasting. I was like, because I wanted help. And like, I just want to, I want to honor that for the men, for the women, for your listeners to being here. And if you listen to this whole episode and me, me go on for 55 minutes, you know, I'm honored to have you here. So I, I appreciate you and I love you and, and thank you for being here. And thank you once again, Stephanie, for having me. It's been a, it's been an honor. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for your kind words. I will hopefully have you on again soon because I feel like I didn't touch the surface. <laughs> oh my God. That would be amazing. But I, I just truly appreciate you. And guys, thanks for listening. Namaste. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, that was the episode. We got a lot of value out of it. And I hope it made you reflect on your current situation in life. You know, who who have you forgiven? Who do you need to forgive? I think that's that's so important and it's something we lose sight of often. And also think about being an awakened man. Would you consider yourself awakened? A lot of powerful questions you can ask yourself after listening to today's episode. So I really hope you do. And if you have not yet given this podcast a rating and review, please head over to iTunes and do that. It would really mean a lot to me. Plus, it would help the podcast grow, reach more men who need to hear this message. So all you have to do is go to iTunes, scroll to the bottom, leave a two-sentence review. Five stars would be lovely. Um, If you're going to leave less than five stars, just don't leave any. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But seriously. And then once you do that, you can leave a screenshot, uh, take a screenshot, send it over to me on IG at Steph Ganowski. And I'd be happy to send you over the Ideal Woman Questionnaire. And this is a questionnaire to help you get super clear on the woman you want to attract. All right, guys, have a great day or night wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye.